It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? It is episode number 174. Is that right, James? That is correct, yes. Beautiful. It is, uh, I I love it, 175 is going to come, and then we're going to be at 200 before we know it, and I keep, I know we all kind of keep reminding ourselves of that, but it's just, it's very exciting to make it this far when you're in the dredges of the offseason, and we're going to have a lot of fun today. Uh, Obviously, we're going to be taking your questions as always, we'll get into a little bit of fantasy talk because I actually saw some fantasy questions. We won't hem and haw on it. I know there was it was like a 50-50 split as we asked, do you want us to talk about fantasy? So we'll just address a few questions and we won't we won't get too crazy. So we're gonna do some sneaky concerns today. And those are things that, you know, we think people are just assuming that they're going to be fine. You know, ah, that'll be okay. So we'll get into that a little bit. But I just want to take a couple of minutes to remind you once again, if you are listening there on iTunes, the reviews always help, especially the five-star ones. And we appreciate all your feedback that you're giving us to help us grow and just kind of make this show the best Eagles podcast that is out there. So if you're doing that or on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, uh, please give us a follow on uh, whatever you uh, feel like doing. If you feel like just putting a, taking our RSS feed and sticking it somewhere, that's great too. So we appreciate everybody that's out there listening. And we're creeping up to August, and I know we've been teasing it. So, of course, as you know, we're going to be launching a couple of different shows. I think Matt and Trev are going to be uh, uh, going with the your on-caller, which is going to be addressing a lot of the Eagles' takes, and I think we'll get a preview of that before August hits, but that's going to be creeping up real soon. So bgnradio.com, make sure you are bookmarking that so you can get every single one of our shows and uh, all of the different feeds that are going through there. And we have one huge major announcement that I think will be next week but we will have to wait and see here but we'll just we're just finalizing some things about uh the the rest of the season the access we're going to be able to give you and we're really excited about that but enough about that you've heard him already uh you hear his uh lovely awesome tones and uh not as late as i am uh when uh saying setting a time for recording the podcast mr james elter what is happening sir yes john you are the king of four minutes means 14 minutes it's, yeah it's no. a, I usually just, I know to add on five, but um, it's usually significantly more than that. So luckily, luckily today, I do have to go to work after you finish potting. So you did luckily get in just in time. Just in time. Like literally, like I was like, all right, I have to be out by this time. And John waited till the last possible second for us to have enough time to record so that I could pretty much shut down the recording and leave. So thanks, buddy. Should be good. You're you're welcome. By the the skin of our teeth. Uh, And in fact, we'll get into it right now so the sneaky concerns for the Eagles, I think that I, I will start with the offensive line here, James, because I think people look at the Brooks signing and go, oh, okay, we've, there's finally a guard on this side. And they couldn't possibly be as bad as they were last year. 
but it doesn't mean they <laughs> like it does not mean that they are a solidified offensive line. And I think if they were, you'd probably hear more about Carson Wentz, you know, being in there. You would probably have seen a Sam Bradford trade in some regards to make that ready. Jason Peters, as much as I love him and will continue to love him and definitely belongs in the Hall of Fame if uh, at an at a minimum in the Eagles Hall of Fame. Uh, his jersey deserves to get retired, all that stuff. Uh, there's still a chance that he can go down and you're still wondering, you're you're playing the tackle shuffle where Lane Johnson goes over there. You're going to be stuck with basically the same guys unless, you know, some of these draft picks kind of come around here in Big V and uh, Sumulo and all those guys who can really just shock the – I don't want to say shock the world because it's not like you can find offensive linemen anywhere and their skill sets certainly lend of – of, of getting in there and 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 doing their thing, but I, I think offensive line for me is is the number one sneaky concern for this Eagles football team here, James. John, I'm going to echo uh, that one. That's not one of my three. I I tried to uh, uh, you know we did touch base beforehand in the uh, you know six hours you took to get ready to record this <laughs> podcast, um, and I'm going to go a little bit more off the beaten path because um, to kind of you know so we have six different things here, uh, but I I really do agree with you on the O line. I uh, as you know, as I'm sure some old-time listeners, I don't know if I've mentioned in a while, but I do do the offensive line rankings for rotowire.com. Uh, and heading into training camp, I have the Eagles at 16th uh, in the league. You okay. know, I think they're pretty much middle of the pack right now. Uh, I think the potential, as you said, is much, much higher. Uh, you know, the talent-wise, they could certainly be a top 10 line in the league, just pure talent. Um, but, you know, it's foolish to... to expect that you know it could happen but like you said dude we saw Jason Peters lying on the field immobile last year you know like we were like oh shit is he paralyzed you know what like you know for a moment you know it was really bad and it looked like the dude couldn't move it and you know obviously we just saw that I feel like we're seeing the body slowly break down as it's going here and and yes could he have another could he you know come back and have a year or two at, at that high you know maybe pro bowl not all pro level uh yeah he absolutely could but you know, at his age, the amount of miles, the you know amount of physicality that he's played with, um, you know, it's not crazy to think that he could break down at any moment. Uh, and then you get into that depth of the line, and it's not good. You know, it's like yeah, they got Brandon Brooks, but outside of that, I mean, you know, like you're you're relying on on guys like you know Matt Tobin to come off the bench and play guard right. if there's an injury, to come off the bench and play tackle if there's an injury. You still have Alan Barber as a starter in your lineup. You know, Stefan Wisniewski was was let go by the Jags for a reason. You know, so um, I, I I'm with you, John. I think that's a Something that people, and again, Kelsey, you know, yeah, I think he was really injured last year and I think he'll be better this year, but you can't say that you can't just completely disregard how unbelievably bad he was last year. So, yeah. uh, yep. you know, I'm with you, John. I think that's a really good call. Uh, and just so we know, obviously we know the supplemental draft has happened this week. Uh, there's only six players in it. I don't expect the Eagles to do so. If there is some news, you will hear that uh, towards the end and we can kind of break down if the, if they decide to take on a flyer on uh, Purdue's Razan Howard, because I think that's really the only guy anybody should be drafting in this. But James, what is what is your first sneaky concern of this Eagles football team here? And this is um again, I wanted to kind of be different, and there are a few obvious ones, and then um obviously I think uh, you know we're not going to be talking about Doug Peterson here because that that's an obvious concern. We don't know, you know, and and um you know there are certain things that like that like the cornerbacks. Neither John nor I is going to mention cornerbacks today, but. We're both concerned about the cornerbacks, so yeah. just to kind of set that out there. But um, I'm going to go from from kind of least surprising to, to most, so I'll just start with a, a very superficial one. But I think there's a chance that John Dorenboss is not the long snapper of this team once a season. Hey, starts. that's a, actually that's a good one. It's, yeah, it's yeah. kind of I know it's kind of weird and what's over 14 years, but um, you know he's finally got some competition there. Last season was probably his worst season as an Eagle, or at least the worst in a long time. Um, and, and, you know, he's got a lot going on. I mean, he's pretty famous right now in America's Got Talent. I, you know, I don't know if uh, if anyone's not watched those tricks. I'm sure most of our oh, audience fantastic. has. It's amazing. I mean, he is so talented and such a showman. And it's it's really, uh, you know, I, I like magic. I'm not gonna, I've never I've never been able to do it. I've never really been into it, but I've always been impressed by it. Um, so I'm impressed by it. And uh, he's a great performer. Um, and, and, you know, after being around the locker room years ago and, and getting to meet him, he's a He's a really good, funny guy, um, but I, I just think this could be the year that we see that that uh, you know kind of run end, and um, 
You know, with, with long snappers, it's something you don't think about until they make a mistake. And, and we've only really thought about Dornbos because he is so kind of out in the out in the public and so good in front of a camera and now this type of stuff. But, um, you know, it, it, we kind of also have taken for granted how great a long snapper he's been here for such a long time and how that is the kind of position, again, where if people make mistakes, it's it's, it's so obviously apparent and noticeable that, that they take the blame and they should in those situations. So... Um, you know, if it is the end of Dornbos, maybe we've, um, you know, we're going to look back and see some some long snapping mistakes in the future and, and remember kind of how good we had it with him. James, once again, friend of the show, John Dornbos. Exactly. But you're right, and because I think it's a, uh, listen, I think the launching pad, here's the conspiracy theory, the launching pad of America's Got Talent, and he is He's a, he's, I mean, he's a great magician at the end he's, of the day. He's a terrific magician. It's wild, and, uh, man. And was actually surprised that he acknowledged his girlfriend, which is the first time I think publicly he's done that uh, since uh, the, the the divorce, divorce and yeah. uh, all, all that going on. But, yeah, I think um, 14 years in the league at some point, there's a reason why the Patriots drafted a long snapper the fifth round last year, right? Like, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You should never there's do a that reason ever. Belichick does everything he does, yeah. John. And it's always right. It's always correct. No, yes, and and no that's mistakes. that's um, yeah. Maybe we'll maybe along with the kicking competition, which I know some people are are just jonesing for. Maybe you get your first taste of a of a long snapping competition. That I don't you know oh, I don't know exactly man. how that Can works. Can you imagine the intensity, John? It's like they're standing next to each other. They're both snapping. It's like snap. That one was perfect. Let's see again. Snap. Perfect again. And they just keep doing it for hours until someone finally. Uh oh, the rookie goes time. 11 for 12. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh oh, the rookie goes 100 for 101. Yeah. He missed one. He's in trouble, uh, guys. <laughs> so I don't know if this next one is, is sneaky, but I think people have kind of just settled in that we'll be okay. Quarterback position could be disastrous Whoa. here, folks. I mean, you're talking about something where. Listen, I'm a Bradford Stan, and I'm proud of it. I'll wear, I'll wear the cape for a little you bit longer. You love him. I, I you wish we could marry just, him. Just have, <laughs> I, we could be wrapped in silk sheets and just we could whisper sweet nothings into each other's ear. But regardless Wait, hold of up, that. Real quick, I, you can go on, but you said you wish you could. Does that imply that you haven't already done that? I thought that. No, we haven't, <laughs> haven't done it. It's on the bucket list. It is next, you know. A second is to get him on Twitter. And then first is to roll, there we you know, go. roll around in some silk go. sheets with them. You could do, you could, but, you could roll around the sheets and sign up for the Twitter account at the same time. Boom. That's right, that's right. All, all at the same. Uh, <laughs> I want to wrap myself in silk sheets with Sam Bradford at the zoo dot com. Uh, so there is uh, that's. But regardless of of how anyone feels about even Wentz or or whatever, at least just for this year, man, it could be it could be terrible. You know, like there's, I, I see a direct line of Bradford getting either just so terrible in the first couple of weeks or injured or whatever, and Chase Daniel takes over along with the offense. You know, I'm just saying if all these kind of concerns come to a head, like the offensive line isn't good, your quarterback's getting killed, and now you have Chase Daniels in a bad I, I did. I, damn it! I, I I was doing so well there, and I, I dropped the S. I dropped the S. Shame on me. Chase Daniel in there. Uh, and then who knows who knows what happens from there. For at least this year, I think quarterback is kind of a major concern, and I don't know if that's sneaky or not because there's a ton of people that already think Sam Bradford stinks, but I think they expect it to be okay, you know, not disastrous. I'm saying there's a chance here the quarterback position could be disastrous this year, James. Wow, yeah, no, look, I think, um, I mean, I can't remember a quarterback coming into a more you know, un, uh, unfriendly, you know, not not in the sense that Eagles fans are not going to, you know, openly root against Bradford unless he's been, you know, unless he's been just awful and looks terrible like that Dallas game or whatever. Um, but I don't remember a quarterback with as little, like, just fan support heading into a season. You know, I don't, I don't know anyone who is really rooting for Bradford. You're rooting for the Eagles and thus for Bradford, but no one, there is not a single Eagles fan who, who you know, is, is all in on Bradford right now because they, they can't be. It would be stupid to be. Yeah. You know, you have been told very blatantly that Sam Bradford is gone after this season. You know, gone. It is what it is. So there's no reason for you to emotionally connect to this guy, which is part of what fandom is. It's part of what rooting for a team is, is emotionally connecting with that team, which is part of what happened last year with these issues. Why, you know, while people were excited for the team, but it was hard to connect because, you know, 
Chip had gotten rid of so many of the guys that you connected with, you know? Um, so I, I think it was hard for the team to do that, too. Exactly. Honest, yes, yeah. yeah. Just so much changeover, no continuity, no cohesion, of course. Um, so, so I think that plays a big role and, uh, you know, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of pressure on Bradford coming in and, you know, we've seen QBs who can thrive in that kind of pressure. And then we've seen Sam Bradford who has shown that so far when the pressure's on, he doesn't necessarily, you know, jump to the front of the line. So, um, you know, and if he's not very good, Chase Daniel, I think is going to be, you know, he's fine, but I don't think anyone's going to be super excited. Uh, and I think that the reason it could really spiral is the idea that if Bradford plays terrible and they go to Daniel, uh, I think there are a lot of Eagles fans, at least maybe, I think the, the edu- you know, not not that there aren't educated Eagles fans, but the ones who are reading every day on top of everything, listening to everything, um, I think know that it's very likely that Chase Daniel will be the second quarterback in line if, if something, you know, Bradford struggles or gets hurt. But I think the general Eagles fan probably thinks they'd go to Wentz. And I think that could also in turn cause some issues if if people if Bradford's stinking and people are calling for Wentz and the, the Wentz calls turn into Daniel playing. Um uh, yeah, I think there's a, a potential for it to kind of spiral. I wouldn't count on it, but I think that it's certainly a concern that things could spiral. Yeah, uh, and I ho- I hope it doesn't come to that. And I I I honestly don't think it does. But <laughs> I mean, there's this. Whew, you know, if those things those if the offensive line and the quarterback play happen back to back, this is going to be one of the. This is and all of all of Peterson's concerns going into that how he would handle all that pressure. That's uh, that's where you can start talking about, you know, a five-win team, six-win team, uh, even with that. James, what is your next kind of sneaky concern here? Okay, again, Johnny, kind of this one's even more off the beaten path than the Dorm Boss one, but but I think it's a bigger concern, obviously, because you know more than a long-snapping concern. Sure. Um, but I, it's kind of more of a, a general idea, and I'm gonna say depth is a concern. I don't think you've really heard many people talk about, and again, you know, we talked, we said we're not going cornerbacks, wide receivers, running backs. Those are all real issues. I think everyone's concerned about the, the talent level there, but even at the positions really outside of quarterback, um, where every single position and, and obviously the D line, which I think, you know, is the, the last position that we would mention on this type of, of list. Um, they have no depth anywhere, John. I mean, you no. look, I mean, none. I mean, like I just said, Matt Tobin is the first tackle off the bench. I mean, you know, Malcolm Bunch, you know, could come in and play guard for you. Barrett Jones, who was out of the league. I, I, you know, I mean, there is zero depth. And obviously the skill possessions don't even have starters, much less depth. But it shows how much worse the depth is when you see the guys who are in the starting spots. And then even the positions we feel good about, like safety. I mean, you know, if, if one of those two guys gets hurt, you're looking at Ed Reynolds. Ed Reynolds! Yeah. John! Ed like, Reynolds, your boy! Isn't that weird that he doesn't, I mean... He was barely like a, a Billy Davis guy. Man, he's like a cockroach. He just what? doesn't die, man. He just stays. Why the hell we're would gonna, he work dude, with Jim Shorts? We're gonna be. That's what we're I'm gonna saying. be. We're gonna be looking at the 2027 20, Eagles, and Ed Reynolds is gonna be the backup safety. I don't know how <laughs> it's gonna happen, but it'll happen. Um, but yeah, John, I think out. I think when you look around it, especially you know, obviously, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll go cliche style. In today's NFL, John, um, you know, everybody gets hurt. (laughs) It is what it is. You know, we see it every year. There are massive amounts of injuries. Most teams, it's it's who can kind of just weather the injuries and find a way to get through. Um, So you're going to lose guys. And and I think it's a real, real issue for a team that already is not that good um, that they're bringing in like really, really weak, uh, you know, backup positions for most of their positions. At least I think the D line will be okay. Um, You know, I I think, look, sure could could. uh, uh, you know, uh, even then, I'm just going to say linebacker depth, but they don't even really have that. They got nothing, man. It's it's really rough from a depth perspective. I guess you could have some secondary depth in the sense that maybe your backup corners aren't that much worse than your starting corners, but none of them are that great. Not so, great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, that's so. that's the problem with depth in the first place, you know, and I it definitely is that kind of concern. Uh, but at the same time, like you just got to look at if you have nothing but depth, that's also Oh yeah, too. yeah, yeah. It's a good point for sure. And there, and there is, and I, I would think, hopefully, going back to Ed Reynolds for a second, that that Blake Countess can. Oh, I mean, <laughs> you're just you're just praying that the kid that they drafted to, you know, go from corner to safety, et cetera, can uh, can maybe maybe make that a challenge for for them. So that's that's kind of what I have going forward there. And speaking of that depth, that's where I just kind of tapped into again. Uh, you know, I know the the lineup of Kendricks Hicks and. I, I guess I still think Barwin or no they they're, they're still going DN so um, yeah it's gonna be Bradham yeah so even then I think that's kind of 
concerning going in. You know, so you have Jordan Hicks coming off of uh, his pectoral injury. You have Kendricks coming off of a a so-so season. And you could say bad. And then you have Bradham, who, as much as I can tell, and obviously I haven't paid a ton of attention to the Bills, but regardless of that, you're still talking about a guy that's, you know, played a full season here, and then it was basically a special teamer for most of the time that you have going forward here. And then there's just like James was saying, there's not a lot of it's not a lot of things behind that. So you have to bank on Jordan Hicks, which I think he will. You know, making sure that he understands how to run this uh, this Schwartz defense, and I have no doubt that he won't. It's just everything that's around him and past that. I'm not sure if Michael Kendricks is going to work as well as a lot of people think. It's going to happen, you know, so you really only have maybe one kind of rising star in the middle of this pack and then everything else. And I don't I even hate to say that about Michael Kendricks, but it's just the uh, he's just been so up and down with any coordinator that he's had, you know, it's so it's either that Schwartz is just going to use him primarily just to blitz and be in there and have the other guys just kind of do the do the the covering part of it. Maybe they're they don't even have a package like that, but. James, I think linebackers a lot more. I, th- I think that's probably my number one sneaky concern is that that's gonna that might fall flat on their face this year. Uh, yes, uh, I mean, especially look, John, like the guy that we're counting on the most, right, is Jordan Hicks in that linebacking core. I mean, he's playing the middle; he's the star of the core in theory. And uh, you know, he's played eight pro games, right? Your <laughs> nine pro games, whatever it was last year, and and also has had a long long list of season-ending injuries in his past. So, you know, I mean, this is not someone you can count on. Sure, we saw some great things, but first of all, he's a a second-year player coming off a pectoral injury, being counted on in a brand new system to be the, you know, a big part of, the, of that, that core. Um, you know, it's a lot to ask and a third round pick a kid that, that, you know, uh, what's the joke, you know, when he was picked, everyone had to Google him. Right. I mean, yeah, that's right. So, you know, I, and again, I, I, from what I saw from him last year, he can do it. He could play the middle in this four, three setup for sure. Um, he is a terrific player and, and I have the highest of hopes for him. But if you're not concerned about him and his potential to stay on the field, you're being silly. I mean, uh, sorry, he never has stayed on the field ever in his career, whether it's in college or in the pros or whatever. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, last year wasn't a, uh, you know, a, it was a freak injury, suppose, uh, you know, I suppose compared to the ACLs and stuff that he's had. But, um, you know, it's still a, it's still a season ending injury. And, and I love him. I'm super high on his long term you know, potential. But. I'm worried about him. And then Michael Kendricks, you know, you can't you can't count on that guy at all. You know, I think we just saw last year that he was, I think you can count on you him can a little count bit. On, he's athletic. He's talented. I'm saying count on him. Like, you can't. Yeah. Like, we have seen games where he just literally just disappears. It's like he's, he's even on the field, you know. Or And also another guy who has issues with injuries and nicks and, and that kind of stuff. So, That's right. Um, yeah. And look, I like Bradham. I think he's a, a sure he's a nice pickup. I think he knows the system. I think he'll help. Uh, but I, I agree, John. I think that a lot of people are looking at this linebacking core as, as a, a potential strength of the team, and, and it could absolutely be a weakness. That's why the uh, defensive line, those four guys, are going to be very, very important this year. What, James, what's your last sneaky concern here? Hold on, John. i got to fire up the hot take machine. <laughs> fire it up. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, no, look, and I've already said that I'm all in on this guy and whatnot, but... Yeah, you know, just because I think everyone is so, and, and obviously I'm going Jim Schwartz here. Um, everyone is is <laughs> so one million percent in on this guy, as am I. Again, let me table this by saying I am in on Jim Schwartz. I think he is going to be awesome here. I think he's the perfect guy for this city. I love the type of defense that he runs, and I think it'll fit the personnel. But we need to slow the F down here, okay, Johnny? I mean, just in the sense that that, there is a chance, like we said, book, we just went through linebackers and then cornerbacks without really going through them and, and mentioning that everyone's worried about that and saying, oh, if any one guy in that secondary, you know, one of those two guys goes down, this defense could be in tatters, man. Like no matter who's coordinating them, you know, God couldn't coordinate a, a mash unit to, to, you know what I mean? So, so I think that we are getting like really, really, I think the, the, the here's my concern with Jim Schwartz is that we have made this guy the savior. Like this guy is the guy. Like him and Carson Wentz are the two Eagles, the people who are tied to the organization currently, who fans are most excited about. That's insane and and justified. Like I get it. I'm more excited about Jim Schwartz than I am on, than anyone else on the team, but Wentz too. But 
that's really high expectations for a guy coming in and starting a new defense with a lot of potential holes, especially after that starting lineup, and especially in that, you know, the cornerbacks in the secondary spot, which are crucial in a Jim Shores defense where he's just going to let his guys freaking run and go at the quarterback. You need guys who can cover who can take care of that back end, I mean, they could get gashed up, you know, and I just think that we're saying like, all right, like a lot of people believe like just because of Jim Schwartz, this is a, a, you know, that's seven wins or whatever, you know what I mean? Like off the bat or whatever it is. And and I think that's a a, a poor way to look at it. I mean, if you go back and look at Schwartz's record as defensive coordinator, there have been a number of years where he was a defensive coordinator for shitty Titans teams, you know, and he was the head coach for shitty Lions teams. Um, So look, I'm really high on him and all that, but I I certainly think that there are concerns and potential issues there. And then even going further with the idea of, of, you know, it seems like Jim's already doing his own thing and already kind of has the autonomy of a head coach as a defensive coordinator. And, and, you know, I know him and Peterson seem like they have a good relationship, but when things start going bad, if things start going bad, that's the kind of thing that could become an issue between coaches. So I just think there are concerns there that that while I am high on Schwartz and excited about the defense and the potential, there are, are are still issues there. This is not like a home run no matter what lock. This is going to be the star of Philadelphia. So I just want to kind of temper it a little bit. And it's still kind of funny that, you know, he is more looked at as a savior than your head coach is. Oh, way you know, like, more. And, it's not and even close. And even with the stuff that's behind Doug, you know, we've talked at length about, you know, everybody that's behind him with Reich and uh, DiFilippo and those guys and even Deuce Staley. Like, everybody loves the pos- everybody loves the position coaches. And everybody's like, eh, about the head coach. You know, like, that's <laughs> it. That's, eh, eh, yeah, that's, but it's, eh, but it's, it's kind of like how everybody's saying, like, no matter what, I've heard this a million times with the different uh, uh, presidential candidates. Like when they're not good, they just go, oh, yeah, but he's really smart. and He's going to get smart people around him. You're just like, God almighty. That's not like it's not how this works. Leaders have to be kind of that. So I think and I'm not. And again, listen, let's before you tweet at any one of us. And it's the off season for Christ's sake. We're just having a fun conversation here. We don't actually think that this is going to kind of come in and go on here. But it is interesting. Uh, that you're right. There is a lot of hype around Jim Schwartz, and I think you sh- and it's rightful. It is righteous, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be excited, but there are things there. If again, if all those things kind of just kind of collide together, the linebacking core isn't that great. You have, I mean, you really are relying on Connor Barwin to be a rotational defensive end. Which, brr, uh, no, <laughs> sorry, I love him to death. He is the hipster Hulk, and. He will be one of my favorite players probably ever to talk to, watch, all that stuff. But you can't, I'm still not sold on the rotation of those guys. I'm not sold on a lot of the depth of the linebacking core. So, yeah, there are some those sneaky concerns that I think they're there. Are we saying that that's going to happen? Absolutely not. We're just having a discussion here. We're having a lot of fun. And speaking of a lot of fun, let's get into the questions. We want to hear from you. Call the Duncan Philly Anytime Hotline. Leave us a message and we'll put you on the air. 267-245-6066. That's 267-245-6066. Or tweet your thoughts to us at BGN underscore radio. So uh, once again, at uh, BGN underscore radio. And of course, you can chime in uh, on the phone line anytime. 267-245-6066. From our good friend, uh, Daniel Scalulo, Scalulo, excuse me. We have James. I mean, it's it's basically catering right into our wheelhouse. It's a, it's a fantasy question, which we are very excited oh, about. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the question is, what are our opinions on the zero running back theory? Would you go wide receiver Gronk in the first round? And should the kicker still be a part of fantasy football? Let me just tell you this. Let me let me tell you, lay this down here, Daniel. So we did a podcast called This Week in Fantasy for a little bit, which just kind of uh, a died a, a, a perfect death. Shout out to Tony Casali and uh, he, he, our our good uh, yes. Uh, where was he at? Was he at Rotor Wire too? No, he no, was no, at Fantas- FFToolbox.com. Yes, That's yes. right. So uh, and yeah, that was that. We always had a lot of fun talking about that. So for two years, 
I was trying to convince these guys that zero running back theory is the way to go. And I've tried it out for the last two years. And guess what? It's it's how you should play fantasy football oh, from now man. on. It is a guaranteed lock that you will have a better chance, in my opinion. You are going to have a better chance making the playoffs, making a championship, if you do not select a, a running back in the first five rounds. Just don't do it. Stay away from it. And people are going to panic and go, oh, my God, but I need a running back. Listen, there are running backs from the first to the 17th round that will hit. It's, it is it is guaranteed statistically that it will hit. Well, I don't know. In, in John's statistics, <laughs> it will hit. Like, I've had so much success with just going going like you said. If Gronk's there, absolutely. Best wide receiver available, absolutely. If there's Aaron Rodgers that somehow gets around there too, I'm okay with that. I think if you do those things and get guys, even like guys like Darren Sproles at the end, to kind of be, uh, scoop up and be your flex or whatever's going to happen, your woodheads, your things like that, just pile up the running backs after a certain limit. After the talent drop-off of wide receivers is no longer there, uh, PPR or non-PPR, it doesn't matter because wide receivers are much more valuable in pretty much every format across the board here, James. And that's where I am sticking with it again this year. It will it helps you get into the championship. It gives you tools to sell off to if you really need a running back later on and there's somebody out there and you have a stack of wide receivers that are all about the same. You can do that because uh, people will need them. And I've noticed the trend of just people zigging away from that. And I am all in on the zero running back theory, James. Yeah, John, here's the thing. And and look, I definitely, I get it. I think there's certainly value to it, and I think you can absolutely win with it. Um, I am a big believer in letting a draft come to you or an auction come to you. Um, I don't think that you should go in with a set theory. I don't, I really don't. I don't think you go in and say, I am getting no running backs till the sixth. I think you go in <laughs> and you take the best fucking player on the board for the first five rounds of any draft. I don't care what draft it is. I don't care what type of draft. Just take the best player on the board. And yes, you need to look at the, the format. Like, look, a PPR, a wide receiver is probably going to be better than a running back, depending on the running back in, in a certain spot or whatever it is. But it's all about your format and taking the best player available. Having said that, I do agree with the sense that I think there's a lot less risk uh, in the high-end wide receivers than the high-end running backs, so I personally would um, put high-end running backs higher, uh, excuse me, high-end wide receivers higher, even with the, the dearth of, of truly you know, high-end transcendent running backs that you can count on um, because you just see more injuries at the running back position. You see more timeshares and you see more, uh, you know, change from year to year, variability from year to year, whereas these top receivers really, you know, like oh, Beckham is going to have a huge year next year. He will. <laughs> it's period. Yeah, and yeah. Sorry, you know, so, uh, you know, guys like that. So again, uh, uh, without injury and they seem to get injured at a, a less consistent rate. So I do agree with, in theory, I'm going to probably rank the top, other than maybe, you know, one or two running backs, I'm going to rank the top receivers higher. Um, but I, I really, really, really don't like to. And again, I would, look, if I go into a draft and that's my best option, um, you know, if, if the best players on my boards are going to be wide receivers and quarterbacks and whatever, tight ends, whatever it is, I'm, I'll do that. Um, I just don't think, I, I don't like to say, like, in any fantasy draft, I'm not doing this no matter what, or I am doing this no matter what in terms of a, a game plan. Because I just think that every draft is different. Every league is different. Look, look, you might be in a league with, with 11 other John Barchards who all say zero running back is the way to well, go. Let me amend If you don't do this. that, you know, I mean, so, no, I know. And I know you're not saying like, yeah. I, you're saying, take, I know that, you know, and I'll give you a chance here. But, um, you know, I, th I think it's really important to, to play the specific 10, 9, 11, 12, whatever people you are playing with. Play them, you know, more than you're playing the draft itself. Yeah, I, and just to amend that, James, just like James is saying, like I, I, what I mean by that is, if there are okay, you're getting into into the nitty gritty, and they're starting to match up where this running back's value and this wide receiver's value is about equal, then you still okay, this is this is the time to go get one, unless there's a run on running backs again, right? <laughs> then you kind of move to the same thing. It is exactly if there's a ton of guys doing it. Then go the other way. Yeah, Stack up on running backs I, exactly. I, you said it while you were saying it, but I I think that it is changing in the the kind of 
you know, um, general uh, uh, rules or, or the ways that people go about it are changing. And I think that zero running back and, and taking wide receivers early and all that is becoming more and more popular. Yeah. Um, but I agree. Look, if that if if zero running back is still zigging while others are zagging, I'm, I'm all in. I, I agree that I think you want to zig while others are zagging. Um, you know, not necessarily play into what everyone else is doing for sure. And you want to just take the best player on the board, like at least for those first five yeah. rounds. And then you can really six rounds and you can really kind of, you know, adjust from there. But but uh, it really for the same reason you're talking about with the running backs, too, is if people get hurt, injuries go down. They're going to be both, you know, wide receivers, running backs, tight ends who who you don't see coming. You know, I mean, Julius yeah. Thomas two years ago was the best tight end in fantasy and no one had heard of him before the season started. You know, so that's going to happen every single year. You're going to have guys just bust out. I took Tyler Eifert in the 14th round last year in my draft. You Huge. know, yeah. So so I think it's, you know, it, it's you're going to hit on those late ones. I just think it's really about just. Setting your rankings, the guys you like, and really trying to 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 stay faithful to that. Even if you've got three wide receivers, if if, if you've got a wide receiver, like let's say it's the fourth round and you've taken three wide receivers, and then your next pick comes up and you have a your 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 you know tenth ranked player overall who's a wide receiver still on the board, and the next best player is your thirtieth ranked player, but it's a running back or a quarterback. Take the fucking wide receiver. I don't care if you have four. That's the point. And it might not feel okay in the time, but but that kind of stuff will come around. And like John said, you'll be able to flip those guys. And obviously, you're not going to take six receivers to start a draft. There is a point where you have to start thinking about team construction um, and, and, you know, actually fielding a roster. But really try and focus on that best player because a lot of times you're not going to end up taking four. You know, it's not going to be the best player on your board as the same position four rounds in a row. Just usually, you know, by, by percentages. Uh, all right, well, moving on from that, uh, Christopher Davis chimes in with two. Eagles question first. Do you think it was a bad idea for Roseman to give up the 2017 first instead of a second? Well, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, I, don't I don't think, think they really yeah, exactly. anyway. <laughs> hey, listen, listen, I know you guys wanted the one, but why don't I just give you the two and the two, and we'll, we'll just call it a day. It'll be good. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, we, I <laughs> think... I think I, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, I know I mean, the Browns it, are the Browns, but everyone running that team got their degrees at Harvard, so let's not well, completely underrate them. Well, I'll, I'll phrase it. Do you think they should have given up that first form, or they, do you think you should have? They should have just walked away. Uh, you know, we know. T- you I, know, who I, knows? I mean, we talked about the I time, right? Yeah, it's like I don't think either of us were super psyched they were giving away at the time. But you know what? If Wentz is a star, you know, it doesn't matter. So it's like you can't really it, look with that type of thing. It, it happened. It is what it is. They're, they're, you know, let's just move forward. Yeah. Uh, his second one, uh, non-Eagles related. Do you guys have a favorite football video game and why? James, do you have a favorite football video game? I do. Just well, go for it. I mean, everyone loves Madden and all that, but I'm going to throw an outside the box or one. And uh, I was a big NFL Blitz guy back in the day. On nice. N64. That was a great oh, game. Oh, dude. I, I, it was so much fun. And also, I was freaking awesome at it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that was I was a big NFL Blitz guy. Uh, here's the fuck Madden, fuck Joe Montana football, fuck all that shit. The best football game that I ever played was for the Dreamcast and it was NFL 2K. If you didn't know NFL 2K and that entire franchise, (laughs) that was the shit. That's what everything about that still could have worked like today because they had, you know, they they were the first ones to have the the thumbstick. Like a lot of the guys were, you know, you were still on. Uh, the the D pad and all that other stuff. So they had the rotational. You could pick your defense, uh, you know, in that half circle that was going on. And I, just like every football game, that's hilarious. You could always choose like four three or three four defense, even though <laughs> they didn't play it. And it was just it was a lot easier. It was a lot. The graphics were great. The announcing was great. The sound effects were great. NFL two K was by far still to me the best. Uh, football game that was uh, ever made. Uh, John, uh, John, real quick, we can't gloss over. You went Dreamcast. Dreamcast. <laughs> Dreamcast. Dreamcast is one of my favorite uh, consoles of all time, man. I think it was it. that. That was uh, the tennis that they had on there. Constantly played it mm. all the time. It was. Uh, it was like the cutting edge. Uh, and now you look at it now, and you're just like, Jesus, that was. <laughs> yeah. That was cutting edge back then. Uh, from Chuck Sips, what's with the Eagles bias in mainstream media? We can't get rid of uh, throwing snowballs in '68. Can the image change? Should we care, James? Well, it's not just the, I mean, it's Philly fans is the real bias. It's just this, um, no, I don't think it's going to change. I don't think it needs to change. Honestly, I think that we as a collective fan base just need to stop giving a fuck what anyone outside of the city says about us because we know that we're awesome fans. We know that we're intelligent. We know that we care about our teams more 
than most other fans do. Um, and, and you know what? If people don't get us, and fuck them. Who cares? You know, it's just it's going to be this way because there's always going to be some idiot who does something stupid, uh, who's a, a, a very small minority of, of a great fan base. But I, you know, I don't know. At least for me, at this point, I couldn't care less anymore. Like, fuck them. Who cares? We, we, we're, <laughs> we're awesome, and I don't give a shit if anybody else knows it. Yeah, that's how kind of how I feel too. We're not going to shake that. So you know, whatever. I I, I just kind of think that it's. It's going to be here, and people are going to be lazy about it, and they don't understand, so fuck them. Uh, fans since 09, happy birthday, belated birthday. Uh, did you know that the Eagles could have drafted Earl Thomas and didn't? Ooh, I did not wow, know that. Wow, shots fired. Uh, but, How about uh, that? That's not a very nice birthday wish. It's just like yeah. a slab in the face. Seriously, where's Matt Daring when you need him? Yeah. Uh, uh, Ryan Jones, my good friend, uh, who is also a big, uh, a big Sixers fan, just like all of us here. Which Eagle do you think trusts the process the hardest Ooh. James Elter. Now, here's the question. Are we talking about the Sixers process or the Eagles process? Eagles process, uh, I'm assuming? I, I would say, no, I, I think the Sixers process, which... How about we do like, both? If, okay, let's do both. I like to do both because I've got an easy answer for trust in the Eagles process. It's obviously Jason Kelsey. It doesn't matter who the coach <laughs> is. Right. That guy is out there supporting it and preaching it. You know, he was Andy's biggest fan. He was Chip's biggest fan. I guarantee he'll be Doug's biggest fan. So That's uh, right. I think Kelsey is our our, our trust the process. Actually, truth or in that, in that yeah, locker room. I, I think we should just end it there because yeah, yeah, Kelsey would be perfect. totally Whoever is okay, it doesn't matter the, the sport process. the coach he's in. He's, he's in. <laughs> but isn't it, well, isn't that not really, tr- that's just trusting who's ever in charge. I don't know if that's trusting the process per se. But the process is still the same thing in the sense that, that he's kind of trusting that this organization knows what they're doing and that they're going to get them to where they need to be and that whoever's in charge, he's going to trust. You know, because look, yeah. they've carried on the trust the process, right? I mean, Sam's not in charge, That's right. but we're still saying trust the process about the Sixers. That's true. Uh, all right, from Astro playing best Eagles fantasy options this year, is it uh, Jordan Matthews, is it Ryan Matthews, Ertz, Bradford, somebody that he's not thinking of on the special teams or defense, et cetera, et cetera. Can I just say gross? Is that an option for... Yeah, I think it's pretty gross. I mean, I guess, I don't know. For me, I guess I guess it's probably Ertz just because I don't think you'll have to take him that high. And I think there's a lot of upside with a new system that, that you know, obviously we saw what Travis Kelsey did in, in Kansas City. And I think Ertz is absolutely as good as Travis Kelsey. So um, I, I think that's a, you know, a potential there. I guess I'd have to go Ertz. But I, look, I'm not going to be owning many fantasy <laughs> Eagles yeah. on my fantasy team this year. I'd probably say Jordan Matthews still. Somebody's sure. going to. PPR especially. He'll get some catches yeah. this year. Uh, follow up from that from Astro playing uh, Mary fuck kill between the three quarterbacks. Who are you killing? Who are you marrying? Well, who are you fucking can we James? could just get married. We're we're both marrying Carson Wentz. Let's just you know. Oh, I don't know. You uh, love Sam uh, Bradford. Hold on. All right. So all right. So I'm gonna. Know. I am marrying Carson Wentz. I am putting a ring on it so fast. Me and Carson <laughs> will live happily ever after. So that that's an easy one for me. Ooh man. I, I mean, I'm gonna. I'm, I, I, I'm killing the crap out of Sam Bradford, all right? I'm done with him. <laughs> Just get out, murder Sam Bradford. Man, I'll, I'll go to the shed with Chase Daniel. Why not? Maybe yeah, maybe not? I can add the extra S on because the S stands for, all right, I'm stopping. <laughs> yeah, Chase Daniels. You, what's that line from, uh, damn it. Uh, oh, yeah, this guy looks like he could fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're talking about Sil- Silicon Valley? This guy. Yeah, Silicon Valley. He goes, this guy fucks, This right? guy fucks. <laughs> this guy. He fucks. I think. I think. Unfortunately, <laughs> but with the great, real quick, not to swear, but did, did this season how they brought that back is amazing. Oh, it was awesome. That oh was my god, a, like, but, Jared Fox. Yeah. So unfortunately, I'm going to kill Chase. I'm going to. Wow. I am going to marry Wentz, and I'm just going to fuck Sam. Yeah, you know, get that stand out of your still. system. Just to, uh, get it out. I got you. Just it's a, it's, a, it's almost like a, a love hate kind of action <laughs> thing there. Uh, this is from uh, not my real emails. Uh, always chiming in. We appreciate that. But uh, am I the only one who thinks that the ru- uh, running backs are fine in this game? Uh, you know, yep. West, Ware did well. Sproles and Smallwood should work. That's I, I think you're putting a lot of faith in those guys. And I, I man, that's you know, there's a lot of people. If I could say, I mean, it's not really a sneaking concern, but I think people have b- already bought into Smallwood. That kind of, I don't know, that baffles me. Just I haven't. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's a fifth round pick. Like, we've only seen him in shorts. What are people getting so excited? I mean, yeah. You can, listen, 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 everybody. 
you can't get over, you know, excited when when we hear this stuff coming out of these meaningless camps. Okay, it does. Yeah. Like who? Oh, Wendell Smart well, looking real good. No, look, it, it, yes, you can you, do whatever you want. Actually, you, yeah, you're I, right. I, I did you're the same right. thing. You're last right, year. John. No, you're right. You can do whatever you want. But I, but I'm just saying, and it's fine. Look, I get excited too. But you, we can't use it to project season success is the point because we just haven't right. really seen anything like we don't know we just don't know with smallwood you know it, it, sure, could he could he be good sure but there's a reason he went in the fifth round yeah uh yeah exactly and there's i mean there's just a lot look again pass catching ability has always been there running between the tackles eh, running in general eh, you know the, it's there the burst is there it's i mean I, he could shape up to be a really good running back uh we'll just have to wait and see i hope that comes around i think the but the scheme overall uh, who knows i, I, we don't I guess really no we I'm, assume that it, i mean like like everyone's saying like oh well they were great in kansas city andy reed is the coach of kansas city we really don't know what doug peterson was are they gonna run for. yeah that's what i mean we don't know <laughs> what doug peterson was responsible for in kansas city we really don't no we don't uh this is good from a good friend sean all the way there in ireland uh, oh in ireland was, uh, probably terrible accents by both of us. And for oh, that, yes, we yes. apologize. Which uh, eagle either side of the ball would be uh, most likely to be traded away? He says, Barwin, question mark. Uh, I think that's, uh, in, a, in a fantasy land, I would I would think Barwin's probably the guy. In my, I mean, in my fantasy land, I still think it's Bradford, but it, most likely for you, James? Um, I guess I'll take the other obvious one and go Sproles, right? I mean, potentially, yeah, yeah. you know, with the contract stuff. But, um I don't think they're going to make a trade before the season starts. But look, I, I, the Barwin one makes sense. I just, I don't know if, the problem is Barwin's getting paid more money than he should. And, um, right. you know, he, for his age and for what he can offer another team, I just don't think there's a ton of value to get rid of him right now. You know, at least at least before the season um, with the way the contract plays out. And so I just don't know. I don't know if there's going to be a, a lot of a market for him. Uh, this coming from a good friend, Warren, at uh, Professor underscore Ape. Hi, folks. Do you think that it is viable, speaking of trades, to send Josh off to the 49ers for a fifth-round pick? <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, if, if they if they presented anything, I'd probably I'd, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Do I think that's going to happen? Uh, I think that's very doubtful, but, uh, only because I, I, I think that there's as much as, and listen, let's make no mistake about it, Huff is a chip guy. Uh, heard some weird things about Josh Huff in that locker room, and I don't think that Chip would save him, and I don't think Balky would give his approval. I'd love to see it happen. Uh, what do you think, Josh Huff, uh, staying around here, James? First of all, no one's giving up anything for Josh Huff. Like if the if he ends up a Niner, it's because the Eagles cut him and the Niners yeah. sign him. Uh, and I think that's more of a possibility. I think it's much more of a possibility. A and B, B. I really don't see Chip Kelly and how he wrote. Re- uh, Excuse me, Howie Roseman. You see what I did there? Um, I don't see Chip Kelly and Howie Reed, even if it is bulky, the one making the final decision. I don't see them making a deal this year. I really don't. I just think there's so much animosity, so much hatred, and and everyone's going to do what's best for their club. Um, But I just, I don't see those two sitting down at a table or getting on a a telephone call and working things out. Uh, Our good friend Matt Gumbrecht had, uh, this is always a fun game to play. So what? Yeah, Matt Matt got pretty aggressive with this, by the way. And I, I, Matt props to him because he is willing to go further than I. Uh, So he's basically asking us what we would do for the Eagles to get a Super Bowl win. And I kind of came up with this idea of, you know, not necessarily, I wonder if there is ever a, uh, listen, this is, this is totally crazy idea. But if every year the cities that had, franchises uh and they would elect like i don't know they would only pick like married couples and or something like that the the, the challenge would be whatever and if they got divorced the 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 city would enjoy a super bowl or something like that and then i was just thinking of like man could you imagine how many people would trying to be breaking up that marriage how many people would they be i I don't know so i was just thinking like man i wonder if they could be but anyway uh, what what would you be? I mean, what's it's the great, limit? Well, let let yeah, let's let's kind of uh, mention what Matt had said. Matt had made the claim that he would get a face tattoo, no question. Ooh. Yeah, I said I probably could not go there. Um, I don't have any tattoos. I'm Jewish, so <laughs> that that would be tough for me. But even still, even if I were a tattoo guy, I mean, that's such an aggressive move. Mad props, Matt. Um, How big does it have to be? Yeah, if that's you get like a little, like maybe I get like one of those teardrop things or something i don't know uh, that means you murdered somebody oh it does never mind <laughs> yeah. 
I was thinking of uh, uh, Johnny Depp from Crybaby. I'm giving oh, my okay. age here. Um, either way, you know, some sort. Yeah. If can I get a freckle tattoo? I'd do it for a freckle. Yeah, I mean, if, if I, I get a freckle t- tattoo, if you want to tattoo a Cheerio on my face, <laughs> you know, like I, I just I can I can pass that off as a birthmark. And as a guy who has tattoos. I don't want anything touching my face as ugly and fat as it is. I just think, I don't think, well, th- see, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, what so if it was that kind of pressure? What's the line? What, what's the what line? it was like, okay, this person, if this person gets half of his face tattooed, the Eagles win a Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, you can't make and, it public. And, it has to be can, like your own can, private deal with the well, devil That's or what I mean. But what, wouldn't that, if it was public, like how, the, the, what do you think would happen? I think if that there people was one would person, grab him and f- tattoo his face. Even but if he, didn't he want would it. have to physically do it. Like oh, no so, one so could tattoo would be, him. He would have to, so I think people would offer him lots of money to get his face tattooed. I think is what would happen. You think so? Yeah. And what would be the, see, okay, so. Let's say that somebody offered. What's your what's your dollar mark for getting it tattooed on your face? But half of your face has to get tattooed. What's your dollar mark? Okay, I need one. Can I get the? Ta- this is like you have to get it tattooed in like. Cubic no, this is like you're gonna time, fill in. And you, completely uh, yeah, you dark can't shade like on your left hand side. Okay. Oh wow. <laughs> like half of your face will literally be tattoo. Okay, I'm just gonna say millions. I don't know how many millions, <laughs> but millions with an S. Not Chase Daniel Daniels in this case. Yeah, I think you got to give me full retirement money. Yeah, I have to, to never. I, that, like, I have right? to be able to go somewhere so that that I can live the best life ever without anyone ever seeing my tattooed face again. That's, that's thirty thirty a year for ten years. I think I'm in thirty thirty or ten years. Thirty thousand. Yeah. No, thirty million ah. over ten years. Oh. So thirty million per year for ten years. Oh wow, three hundred. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you I think want that you want one hundred and fifty million? Or no, I'm sorry. I got to retire. Dollars. You can't retire on thirty million. You need three hundred million. Who what, are what, you? What job am I going to have? Am I going to have a Brunei over here? Okay, okay, yeah, that's true. But still, thirty well, million. Actually, what am I, what you, so are you're talking saying about? you need more than than thirty million, or even you're saying you need more than a hundred million dollars to retire? Really? money for the for the grandkids and for their grand. Like I want to be taken care of. Of two, right. if I gotta have that. Well, I'm saying this, and we're like both radio guys. So like, who the hell? Like, who, who needs to see my face? Yeah, you that's know, true. Really, too. We could do this general. from anywhere at any time, John. Well, well, tweet us, tweet anybody that's a part of the podcast at BGN underscore Radio at John Barchard at James Zeltzer nine seven five at Brandon Gowton at Oh Wow at Patrick or is he still by Patrick Wall? The Patrick or by, is he just Patrick by Wall? Patrick Wall. Okay, but, uh, and of course uh, at the Benetton. Let us know. What you would do? What's your limit for winning a uh, Eagles Super Bowl? What would you do to your body or lifestyle or wherever? Uh, our good friend Dan Schmidt also has a quick fantasy question in here. Uh, needs a keeper from these two ten teams standard sc- uh, standard scoring uh, and it's PPR. Do you keep Des Bryant or do you keep DeAndre Hopkins? I think my answer is pretty easy. I think you got to keep Des Bryant. Yeah, I I actually vote. I don't know if it was Dan's poll or not, but someone actually it was put, Dan's it was poll. Dan's poll. Yeah. I voted for Des Bryant, and the most people voted for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and I I'm guessing that was just Dallas hate. But look, I love DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's a stud. I mean, he's clearly yeah. a beast. But it, does he say how many years you can keep them for? Because I it, it, he does not. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing, Dan. If this is like a dynasty league where you're keeping them for the next decade. I actually would go Hopkins, younger, yes. you know, less less injuries, all that kind of stuff. But if this is like you've got him for the next two or three years, I think you got to go with this. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Donnie Jones MVP odds for the season. That's coming from Docking Ted once again. Donnie Jones. Okay, let's take this <laughs> very Jones. seriously. Um, now the question is: Team MVP or league MVP? Because they'll, they'll only be slightly different, but you know. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I think it's. I'll, I'll give. I'll lay. I'll lay uh, hundred to one. That uh, he's going to be the MVP of the league. Wow! <laughs> really, hundred to one? Really? Yeah. Like, in in fact, that you would be laying the you know. I was going to go yeah. like six million to one, but uh, <laughs> no. But Listen, I, I, want, I, want I, I I would take hundred to one. I, you know, I would maybe even take fifty to one odds that he could be the MVP of the team. That could be. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know? going to be the defense might be exactly. number one, the but Donnie Jones. Defense is number one, and Donnie Jones is the best punter in the league. All of a sudden, we're talking, and you're like, Donnie fucking Jones, man. Where would we be without that guy? This team's going to the playoffs because Donnie fucking Jones. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, From Nicholas West, I made a $20 bet that the Eagles would have a top five overall defense at the end of the year. How dumb am I? I mean, it's that dumb. I think it's a little ballsy, but I don't think it's that dumb. You'd rather get odds there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think 
Yeah, we talked about know. it though. I mean, it's 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 conceivable. It's conceivable. I I think they're. I think their ceiling's definitely more in the top ten. I think that's. I don't think you need to get anybody that argue the top five. Yeah. It's going to be really. It's you need injuries. You need some teams to, to lose some guys. You need to assign a team or two to disappoint, and and you need to be great. But um, it's possible. But I think if you're making a, you want like five to one odds or something on that, or three to one odds or something. You want some sort of odds because, um, I, I think if you know, back end of the top ten is is probably best case if everything plays out the way you would expect. Uh, from Jay Sexton, who wins in a tug of war? It's Cox, Barwin, and Parkey versus Logan, Graham, and Sturgis. I'm going to take whatever side Cox is on. I just think you oh, can't. Man. Give me, give me the teams them. again. So it's uh, Fletcher Cox, yes. Connor Barwin, and Parkey uh-huh. versus Benny Logan, Brandon Graham, and Caleb Sturgis. You know what? No. No. He's going the opposite I'm going. side. Bet, first of all, Benny Logan has been, been playing tug of war since he was born. Okay, he is. He could have. If if tug of war were an Olympic sport, Benny Logan would have been on the Olympic team. That's how great a tug of war man he is. Um, and then you know, Brandon Graham. He's he's got more to prove than Connor. Connor just wants to go out there and maybe you know play tug of war and go see a concert after and build a basketball court somewhere. He's not really into it. And I mean, Sturgis over Pargy. I mean, that's obvious. I mean, all you gotta do is yes. look at him. So, so yeah, I think I think that's the Logan side. All right, so we're we're split on that. Uh, our good friend Turtleneck at Swavy. Seven two one. If you could undo, this is actually a really good question. If you could undo one of Chip Kelly's moves, what would it have been? Oh, I think the obvious one that sticks out is probably Bradford. Even yeah. though I still don't, I and I'll say, I'll say Bradford only because you probably wouldn't have to give up as much for what you did now. Uh, but I can't get Demarco Murray out of my head, man. I think that's. That was just a fucking awful, and I, I kind of convinced myself that it would be okay early in the season. I hated the contract from the beginning. I didn't think it would drop off that much. So I think I just think for for my own fanism, I think if they could have out undid Demarco Murray, that would have been much better. I for for me, James. Yeah, I just, there's I all of them. I just don't know what to say. I I, I don't. I hate the moves. Uh, you know, looking back in hindsight, where we are now, um, you know, I think you, I think the Bradford one is is a, the second round. I, you know, it, it it was the most important second round pick in the history of football. So I, I think you just have to <laughs> maybe even just take Bradford Foles everything out of the equation and just say the second round pick. Yes, the second round pick. So yeah, uh, curious what capital you... like the it's T is a capital the, the second round the, pick. Yes. The, like it is the name the of the yes exactly it is the it. second round pick. <laughs> That's exactly uh, right. Cur- curious on that one too. So we got the Super Bowl at BGN underscore Radio. What do you think, Chip Kelly's? Uh, what would you undo as well? There is good. Round, another good one from at J underscore Rich Jake. Uh, what is the chance that Byron Marshall uh, makes the roster spot out of or takes it away from either one of the running backs or one of the wide receivers because he seems so versatile? Um, I, yeah, it's another interesting game. I think that I think that uh, obviously an organ on organ. Uh, death might happen where you might see Huff go and Byron Marshall stays. Um, I don't know if it would be, I think it would be, I think that you could possibly, this is going to say, this is very hot take. It's the summertime. It's July. Uh, I think you could see Smallwood end up on the practice squad and Byron Marshall taking his spot. Uh, honestly, I think that there's, I think he's, I think he's that versatile and that good that they would create a roster spot over this really over him than than Smallwood would be, but that's I don't know. That's just my opinion on it. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I uh, if I had to guess as of right this moment, again, this is you know we haven't had a training camp yet, so who the fuck knows? But I would say <laughs> um, I think right now on what is July thirteenth, my prediction is that Byron Marshall will be the new Russell Shepard, the new uh, who was the last year the running back, um, the the guy. Uh, who everybody loved. Oh, uh, Tucker in uh, all those Tucker, guys. Tucker, yeah, in, uh, but the other one, the one who everyone loved and then didn't make the team. Oh, 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 uh, Jesus. Yeah, and he like floated around. Yes, for, uh, yeah, yes. can't remember even. Anyway, yeah. he's that. I, like I, that. My guess is Marshall's going to be that guy this year, if I had to guess right now. Yes. Uh, I tell you what, just because we're up against it and James has to go, I think we'll call that uh, the final question. So, Zip Squad Jihad, uh, I know you're always listening. Now, of course, our good friend Angel and uh, Seattle Sam, we'll definitely save these questions and get to them on the next podcast. But, uh, James, any final thoughts as we're rolling out here, my friend? No, this is fun, man. I really enjoy it. Not, I'm, I, I wish I didn't have to go to work. I could do this all day. 
<laughs> uh, well, for myself, John Barchard, and of course, James Seltzer, I'll be tuning in next week. We should hopefully have some very large news about the upcoming season. And of course, thank you for listening to BGN Radio, episode number 174, right here on BleedingGreenDayNation.com and BGNRadio.com. <laughs> You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. Folks, we have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcast, and we thank you for choosing ours. So hold on, hold on now. All right, so we're doing on three though, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, from now on, we'll always do it on three. On the three, or on one if we go the other way, but gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, ready? One, two, Oh, man. Uh, beautiful. That might, that might have been our it, best clap ever, dude. That might be the Easter egg at the end, folks. That's what I was about to say. Like, that there's, was such a perfect clap. <laughs> there's your sinking clap. Now, <laughs> behind the curtain, now you know how it teams up together. Uh, by the way, it was so so easy to edit this. this week. Yeah, it's, it's, right? It's so, so much easier. Yeah, it's, it's, like a, it's like a life slash game changer. <laughs> My uh, Andrew didn't believe me. By the way, which is like, yeah, I was like, yeah, honey, it actually takes me like 20 minutes as opposed to two hours. Two hours, dude. It's like crazy. Like, it's such a big difference. Yeah. So podcasters out there, if you're listening to this, world of difference if you just sync it up with all the files. You don't have to worry about the bleeps and bloops. And, and it's it's Skype. easier and it sounds so much better. It's like, it's like everything, so about, much, yeah. everything about it is better. What were we doing for two years? Basically? Being morons, Gee, I guess. My God. All right. <laughs>